1: I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in.
2: Good Monday morning. It is 5 a.m. at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here's your top five at five. Stocks under pressure yet again after every major average finished the week in the
3: red. Investor attention turns now to Jay Powell this week as the Fed prepares to extend its rate hiking cycle.
2: President Biden doubling down on his support for Taiwan, especially when it comes to a possible military invasion by China.
3: Plus, a country in mourning as world leaders convene in London to say their final farewells to Queen Elizabeth II.
2: And later, Hurricane Fiona tearing through Puerto Rico, leaving the entire country without power. It's tracking north. Today's Monday, September 18, 2022. And you're watching Worldwide Exchange on CNBC.
3: Good Monday morning. I am Dominic Chu here with Contessa Brewer. As you can see, let's kick off your Monday morning with futures right now after a sharply lower week for the major averages. If you look at what's happening right now, we are just near session lows for the futures market. The S&P 500 implied lower by just about 33 points. The Dow implied lower by roughly 250 at this point. And the Nasdaq down by roughly 116. We're paying particular attention this morning to the transportation industry after a more than 5% loss on Friday in its worst day for the Dow Transport Index since May. We've got more on that in just one moment. We're also checking right now on the bond market. Yields are always in question right now given the market downturn. They're ticking slightly higher. Just a hair below 3.45% for the benchmark 10 year Treasury note yield. The two year note yield about 3.86% right now. In the oil markets, we are seeing continued downturn or at least a downtrend for those U.S. benchmark prices. Currently lower again today by roughly 1.5%, just about $83.86. World benchmark Brent crude futures down about a dollar. That's about 1% losses there, $90.28. In cryptocurrencies, we are also seeing selling pressure build there. You can see Bitcoin prices off six and a half percent. We are currently talking just about eighteen thousand four hundred and change for Bitcoin prices. Ether on that Ethereum blockchain six and a half percent downside as well. One thousand two hundred ninety-two dollars. And your big stock story today has to be FedEx. Still coming off its single worst session ever, going back to its IPO in nineteen seventy-eight. It was closed, it closed down more than twenty percent in Friday's trade. The company's weaker outlook and grim macroeconomic warning sending shockwaves all across Wall Street. It's it's for sure one thing to watch this morning. And by the way, those shares for FedEx still down half a percent after Friday's massive drop. Around the world, markets in Japan closed overnight, but the rest of Asia was open, closing mostly lower, as you can see there, with the Hang Seng and Hong Kong down one percent. Fractional losses for the Shanghai Composite in European trading. Markets in the U.K. are closed in observance of Queen Elizabeth's funeral today. But the rest of continental Europe is opening and its downside to the red. You can see there the CAC in France down over one percent. The FTSE 100 in the U.K. down about half a percent as well. Contessa.
2: World leaders are right now gathering for the Queen's funeral at Westminster Abbey in London. The service begins in less than an hour. And our Steve Sedgwick joins us now from London. And Steve, I know you've been watching The mourners there gathering, a million people I understand expected to gather in London to observe the Queen's funeral.
4: Yeah, Contessa, very good morning to you. Good morning, Dom. It is quite an extraordinary event, and, and I say that the largest security event pretty much in, in the history uh, of post-war Britain is occurring as we speak, with those hundreds of thousands, perhaps even a million, as you say, people on the streets, not only here uh, in central London, but also on the processional route uh, that the hearse eventually will take after these ceremonies here in London uh, towards uh, the west of the capital, towards Windsor, where there will be another huge procession, another huge number of crowds, uh, and of course, uh, two more parts uh, of the day's proceedings. Let me just tell you very briefly what has happened already today. At 6.30 this morning, the doors closed uh, on Westminster Hall, and the final uh, people who were observing uh, the Queen's lying in state uh, were ushered through Westminster Hall, one of the ancient parts of the the, the Palace of Westminster behind me. Uh, And then uh, the the preparations for the funeral began in earnest as well. And at 10.44 in less than an hour, there will be a very short journey from the Queen's coffin Uh, of the Queen's Coffin on the the state gun carriage moving from Westminster Hall. Just a very short journey uh, to Westminster Abbey. It will go through the Great West Gate there, and that's when uh, the main uh, state funeral will begin as well. We've seen enormous numbers uh, of troops of security forces, of uh, police uh, on the streets of London uh, and it is going to be an absolute enormous operation when you consider the attendees here. We've got past presidents of course uh, of the United States. We have uh, the president himself, Mr Biden who has been in London since uh, Saturday evening as well. But we also have the Japanese emperor here in London. A whole host of royal families from Europe from Sweden. Carl Gustav the king there. Uh, king Philippe and Queen Mathilde of Belgium. From the Netherlands, King William Alexander. Uh, plus the leaders of many countries from around the world, including the French President Monsieur Macron, uh, the leader of the European Commission as well, um, uh, Frau von der Leyen. She is here uh, and the Prime Ministers of Canada, uh, of Australia, uh, of New Zealand to name but a few. But the proceedings uh, will be relatively short actually for the state funeral itself. The order of service will be conducted by the Dean of Westminster from 11 BST. Uh, There will be readings from Baroness Scotland representing the Commonwealth and the new British Prime Minister, Liz Truss as well, and the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, Justin Welby, uh, will read both the sermon and indeed the commendation as well. At the end of the service, there will be two minutes silence. There will be the last post played by a bugler. uh, And then the national anthem with the new words, of course, God save the king before the processional route uh, leaves Westminster Alley and goes up to Constitution Hill uh, from where the gun carriage will then uh, have the coffin transferred to the state hearse for that journey to Windsor.
2: I just want to interrupt here uh, because now we're seeing the motorcade for President Biden and there you're seeing First Lady Dr. Jill Biden uh, emerging from the car and President Joe Biden as well. They did attend a reception last night with King Charles III uh, and other world dignitaries they were seen on a balcony um, with uh, Justin Trudeau and other world leaders. saying hello to the well-wishers and now walking into Westminster Abbey to join other leaders from some 200 nations for final goodbye, Mm. for a real tribute to the monarch. Can you talk a little bit, Steve, about some of the other U.K. leaders coming and and what this moment may represent for the future of the monarchy and for the United Mm. Kingdom itself?
4: I think you make some very important points because we just don't know what is going to happen yet, Contessa. (laughs) Uh, The national mourning uh, has gone through every part of society. I mean, most of us, pretty much all of us, have only ever known Queen Elizabeth II uh, as... Her monarch, whereas someone, for instance, like my grandfather, who was actually on duty uh, for the coronation of the Queen uh, in 1953, he would have lived through five or six monarchs in the first part of the century, including, of course, uh, King George VI, who had his state funeral uh, in 1952, uh, plus the Queen's grandfather, George V, as well. So it will take a huge amount of adjustment, I think, for the psyche of the nation. King Charles III, of course, will have to change slightly, because he's been known to be very vociferous on some issues, and it is part of being a constitutional monarch of course that actually you cannot express your views quite as freely as when you are uh, the heir apparent as when you are the prince of wales we know that the uh, king is very passionate about environmental issues, about climate change, about architecture, about farming as well. And he's actually been ahead of the curve uh, on many of these issues as well. So it is going to be a huge change. In terms of dignitaries here, uh, there's 2,000 attendees uh, in the church. We've mentioned uh, up to 500 foreign leaders and dignitaries, including, of course, uh, the president, but but also uh, some people who have been awarded the highest gallantry awards in the United Kingdom, the Victoria Cross, the George Cross as well, uh, plus leaders of all parts of society, Contessa.
2: Steve Sedgwick, thank you very much. President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden, the First Lady, have just entered uh, Westminster Abbey. They have met with King Charles and expressed their condolences to the king. Uh, Also, an anticipated meeting between the president and the new prime minister, Liz Truss, has been postponed. It was supposed to take place while she was meeting with other uh, members of the Commonwealth, Um, for instance, Justin Trudeau. But instead, she will meet with President Biden later this week at the U.N. General Assembly. We'll be sure to check in with Steve Sedgwick later on this hour. And of course, we are going to continue with the proceedings here. But let's get a check on this morning's top corporate stories. And for that, we send it to Savannah now. Savannah, good morning. Good
5: morning, Contessa. Well, more U.S. consumers are taking on credit card debt for longer periods of time. According to a new report from CreditCards.com, 60 percent of credit card users say they have been in debt for at least one year. That's a 50 percent from 12 months ago. Now, the share of those who have been in debt for over two years also increased to 40 percent from 32 percent. Volkswagen is targeting a valuation of up to $71.5 billion for its upcoming Porsche IPO. That would be the second largest German initial public offering in history. The company announcing it will price shares right in the middle of analyst expectations and raise about $9.1 billion. Trading is set to begin September 29th on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. And Take-Two Interactive in damage control mode. This after a hacker published authentic pre-release footage from the company's highly anticipated Grand Theft Auto 6 video game. The leaked videos offer a rare and extensive look at the development of one of the biggest games in the industry. The reports say the final version will be more refined than what was leaked. No comment from Take-Two as of this morning. The last Grand Theft Auto game came out back in 2013. I'll send it back to you, Dom. All
3: right. Thank you very much for those headlines, Silvano. Back on Wall Street, lots in store for the week ahead, including the highly anticipated decision out of the Federal Reserve's two day meeting, which starts tomorrow with the big rate decision, of course, on Wednesday. Futures right now are weaker, much so here in anticipation of that big meeting here. Joining me now is Vance Howard, the CEO and portfolio manager at Howard Capital Management. Vance, um, I don't know if this is a big secret or not, that the Fed is going to raise interest rates. So is the market prepared and does today's market action indicate that the market is not as prepared, even though we know the Fed is going to be on this path for a considerable amount of time and or rate hikes?
6: Yeah, they're definitely going to raise it 75 basis points, but I think they're starting to have the effect that they want to have. I think that things are slowing down. You know, Dom, I was having a conversation with a very, very successful business owner. She owns a number of uh, furniture retail outlets around Houston, the Woodlands down here, and she's talking about how slow her business is this year. So I I think they're having the effect that they want to have. I think one of the things that we need to watch out for is them overdoing it. I mean, he's probably going to hit us with 75 basis points at this next meeting. I think everybody's anticipating that. And then after that, I think they may need to take a look at it because I think the, the effect that they're having, I think that it's starting to work on the economy. And I think if they want to have a soft landing, I think they should be kind of a little bit paced after this next meeting on how they want to raise rates.
3: Isn't that the big fear, though, Vance? I, I mean, the whole idea of fighting the Fed, not fighting the Fed, it isn't the whole idea of interest rate hikes And the fear that we're seeing in the market right now that the Fed is going to overdo it. And that's the reason why we're seeing yield curve inversions across various parts of the Treasury complex. Why we're seeing inflation expectations come down. Are we doomed to be in a recession in the next six to 12 months?
6: I, I, think, I think that we're, we're headed in that direction quickly. I th- like, like I said, I think that they have a chance here to overdo it. I think there's some opportunities in the market. You know, like our bond portfolio, we're 87% in cash, Dom. That's how negative we are on fixed income, and that's how, that's how we feel about the bond market. We think it's definitely going lower. We think he's definitely going to raise rates. But if he goes out there and he starts to throw too much at it too fast, and, and he's really thrown a lot at it so far in the first nine months of this year, yeah, I think we could end up having a, a pretty good little recession, and in in the soft landing uh, that we talk about it may, may be a, a wishful gift that we don't get. So I think he's got to be really careful here. He's, he's really he's slowing things down quite a bit. You know, and, and I go out to restaurants quite a bit, and my wife and I we always ask, uh, you know, how's business? And it's been. It's been pretty negative. Everybody said, well, it's steady, but dropping off, steady, but dropping off. And that's uh, so I think they're having the effect that they want to have. But I think that they, they have a chance here to overdo it.
3: V- Vance, I mean, th- that that's a heck of a lot of cash that you said. Eighty seven percent. I mean, that, that that's basically like you're all in cash right now. What's going to get you to deploy it?
6: Well, that's in our bond portfolio HCM dividend the HCM dynamic income the mutual fund that I manage we're 87 percent in cash and on our fixed income side we're about 40 percent in cash the HCM buy line is negative that's our proprietary t- trend indicator the trend's clearly down you know take the emotion out of the thing and look at the trend and you don't want to be hundred percent in equities right now and if you look at the trend of the bond market it's just it's just terrible and you know and I would you know Dom you mentioned a minute ago about FedEx I would caution investors about taking individual stock risk right now because the bond volatility, the uncertainty, everybody's on, you know, uh, is nervous and they're on edge. Any kind of news that comes out, especially any bad news with an individual stock, they're just getting beat to death. I mean, 23 percent in one day on FedEx. That's amazing. That's an amazing drop. So I would play it with ETFs like DVY. You know, it's a high dividend paying ETF. That way you've got some broad exposure. But just playing individual stocks right now, I'd be very, very cautious.
3: All right. Vance Howard, thank you very much. We appreciate the thoughts. Thank
6: you. For- thank you, Don.
2: And you can see now Dow Futures down more than 200 points. When we come back, President Biden doubling down on his military support for Taiwan in the face of a Chinese invasion. Reaction from Beijing ahead. Plus, much more on the Federal Reserve's policy decision this week. And is the central bank too far behind the curve? Later, much more from London and Westminster, where foreign leaders, royals, and an anticipated million mourners in London gather to honor the life and the legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. It is a very busy hour still ahead when Worldwide Exchange returns.
0: What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts, your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
7: At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need.
2: Is there anything you can't do?
7: Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything.
5: At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time.
3: Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Let's get a check now on the futures market. Again, sitting right near session lows from the overnight session into now. The Dow is implied lower by roughly 250 points. The S&P down by about 34 in the Nasdaq. The epicenter you can argue of a lot of the weakness so far technology down about 118 points implied at the opening bell we've now got a developing story this morning president biden doubling down on his support for taiwan especially when it comes to military assistance in the event of a hypothetical invasion by china here's the president on 60 minutes just last night
0: taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence we are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent. We're not, let. that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack.
3: Now, following that interview, CBS says a White House official said the U.S. policy on Taiwan has not changed. This morning, China is responding to those comments from that interview from the president. The country's foreign ministry saying it firmly opposes those remarks adding it, reserves the right to take all necessary measures. Contessa.
2: And uh, we just want to take a brief moment now and take a look here at the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, the second happening in Westminster Abbey. We have just seen uh, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson arrive. Of course, he had stepped aside just recently to make way for Liz Truss, uh, and the Queen had appointed Liz Truss, the Prime Minister, just two days before her passing. Uh, we are expecting the funeral to get underway and the ceremony to begin in about 40 minutes from now. President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden have also um, been have arrived and are now inside the abbey. Uh, and we continue to see world leaders arriving here to observe Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Turning back to China and another developing story for us, teams of U.S. inspectors reportedly arriving at the Hong Kong offices of accounting firms, PwC and KPMG, to begin a historic review of the records of U.S.-listed China-based companies. That's according to the South China Morning Post. Those inspectors from the public company Accounting Oversight Board arrived earlier today. And key here will be the results of the inspections as their findings could determine the fate of more than 160 Chinese companies that face potential delisting from U.S. exchanges. As we get more information, we will bring that story to you.
3: All right, to Europe now and its ongoing energy crisis. France will likely start to export natural gas to Germany around October 10th. That's according to the head of France's CRE energy regulator, with officials currently working on tariff issues linked to the reversal of flows at the border crossing. Some technical issues being resolved there. Now, all of this as German buyers of Russian natural gas say they've resumed requests for supply on that all-important Nord Stream 1 pipeline for the first time since it was shut down about three weeks ago. The requests for supply are not an indication that gas is actually flowing through Nord Stream 1, but it is perhaps a critical first step and an indication of what might happen in the future, Contessa.
2: Dom, thank you. We go back to London now, and here you're seeing a parade of former prime ministers. As I mentioned, Boris Johnson. We also saw Sir Tony Blair walking in, Gordon Brown, David Cameron, uh, also among the crowd of mourners here today. uh, And, of course, the new prime minister, Liz Truss, uh, anticipated as well. So there you're seeing them walk in, a procession of not only the political leaders, former and current of the United Kingdom, but also from some 200 countries around the world. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back.
7: At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need.
2: Is there anything you can't do?
7: Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything.
5: At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See Center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. In London
2: right now, the arrival of Prime Minister, Prime Minister Liz Truss just arriving at Westminster Abbey for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. Of course, she was appointed by the queen just two days before the queen's passing and there you see her a- arriving right now we will keep our eye on the queen's funeral throughout the morning but let's also get a check on this morning's headlines outside the markets outside of the queen's funeral nbc's philip mena is in new york with the very latest hello philip
7: hi contessa dom good morning hurricane fiona has made landfall in the dominican republic the category one storm has left the entire island of puerto rico powerless That's a million and a half people without electricity. And the power company Luma warned it could be several days before it's restored. The damage there is catastrophic. Crews have been working around the clock to help residents rescued from their flooded homes. President Biden has approved an emergency declaration for the island. Now to Alaska, which was just hit by the strongest storm in nearly 50 years. The remnants of a typhoon slammed the western coast. The governor there says five communities have been greatly impacted by flooding, erosion, and electrical issues. And the storm is still lingering in the north. An off-the-wall Sunday in the NFL ended with one of the league's oldest rivalries.
0: Plays to go back in. Second and 11. Just pitch it to the edge to Aaron Jones. Inside the five and in the end zone.
7: The Packers, two Aarons, found the end zone early and often against the Bears. That was Aaron Jones who scored twice while Aaron Rodgers threw for 234 yards as Green Bay stifled Chicago for the 27 to 10 victory. A chippy moment in New Orleans where a brawl broke out in the fourth quarter between the Saints and the Buccaneers. Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore were ejected for not playing nice. From there, Tampa reeled off 17 unanswered points. The Bucks get the hard-fought win 20-10. Finally, the Cleveland Browns led by 13 points at the two-minute warning, but the Jets flew right back into the game. Joe Flacco's dart to rookie Garrett Wilson with 22 seconds left sealed the improbable comeback. New York stuns the crowd there in Cleveland, 31-10. to 10. That's it from here. Dom Contessa, I'll send it back to you. And we didn't even talk about the Miami-Baltimore game. Oh, Amazing. my God. I
3: was just saying to Contessa, this is probably one of the most dramatic weeks of football I've seen in ages. And so, uh, unbelievable, for sure.
7: Yeah, six touchdowns for Tua. Oh my off.
3: goodness. For, uh, thank you very much, Philip Men for the update there. Still to come you on the it. show, digging into the tech wreck, the stocks that our next guest says are looking attractive. Yes, attractive, even with the downturn at these beaten up prices. We'll be right back after this break.
2: Bracing for the Fed. Stocks coming off another losing week. Investors gearing up for another A likely round of rate hikes from the central bank, and futures are moving starkly lower this morning.
3: President Biden defending his administration's handling of record inflation levels, his new comments and why he says context is key when it comes to those inflation figures.
2: The United Kingdom and the world coming together to bid a final farewell to Queen Elizabeth II. We're live in London as the royal family and heads of state prepare for the funeral of Britain's longest reigning monarch. This is Monday, September 19th, and you're watching Worldwide Exchange on CNBC.
3: Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. I am Dominic Chu alongside Contessa Brewer on this Monday morning. Let's get a quick check on futures right now halfway through the 5 a.m. Eastern Time Hour. As Contessa pointed out, we are lower. The Dow's implied down by 266 points. This now represents the lows of the session. The S&P implied lower by 36 points at the opening bell. And the Nasdaq Composite and Nasdaq 100 down by about 120-some points here. In the bond market, we're also seeing some of that activity play out there as well. Interest rates are on the rise in key parts of the U.S. Treasury yield curve. The benchmark 10-year note yield is just a hair below 3.45%. 3.45%. The two year note yield, 3.86%. So that inversion, where short term rates are higher than long ones, still remains in place. Let's get a check on oil prices as well. Getting hit yet again. Oil prices are lower. U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate WTI prices down nearly 2% right now, $83.46. World benchmark Brent crude futures down about 1.5%, $89.90 there, Contessa.
2: Don, thank you. Let's
5: uh, get a check on some of your morning's top stories. And Silvana now is here with those. Good morning, Silvana. Hi, Contessa. Good morning. President Biden is attempting to downplay ongoing record high inflation rates here in the U.S. In an interview last night, the president responding to a question on last week's CPI read showing inflation remains at a roughly 40 year high, saying context is key when looking at those figures.
0: Well, First of all, let's put this in perspective,
5: And sticking with the Biden administration, a group of bank regulators appointed by the president are reportedly weighing new rules targeting larger sized regional banks. According to The Wall Street Journal, the rules would require the firms to add financial cushioning to be used in times of crisis, including raising long term debt that will help absorb losses in cases of insolvency. The journal says the group includes firms such as U.S. Bancorp, Truist Financial and PNC Financial Services. And Tesla is reportedly aiming to double its vehicle sales in Germany this year. According to a German auto publication, the EV maker is looking to sell around 80,000 vehicles in the country where Tesla built its first European gigafactory. That figure would be up from just under 40,000 sold last year. Dominic and Tess, I'll send it back to you. All right, Silvana, thank you for that. Leaders from around the world gathered
2: in London this hour for funeral services for Queen Elizabeth II. Those are set to begin within less than 30 minutes. And the United Kingdom, of course, is bidding farewell to its longest reigning monarch. Tanya Breyer joins us now from Windsor, where the queen eventually will be laid to rest. It is going to be a long morning for the royal family, Tanya, and, of course, for the dignitaries that have gathered in London.
8: That's right, Contessa. Of course, the state funeral in London at Westminster Abbey will start at 11 o'clock British summer time. It will finish at 12.15, and there'll be a procession after that, which will end at about 1 o'clock also UK time. After that, the Queen's coffin will be transported in a state hearse here to Windsor. At windsor castle right behind me where as you can see many members of the public are still coming to pay tribute and to lay flowers here for their beloved queen at approximately 306 british Summer Time, the queen's hearse will arrive and her coffin will start a procession down the long walk of windsor up to saint george's chapel at 3 40 king charles and close members of the royal family will join that procession in the, quad, in the quadrangle here at Windsor Castle and head with the Queen's coffin into St. George's Chapel where at 4 o'clock there will be a committal service which will be conducted by the Dean of Windsor. Now this service will last about 45 minutes and the congregation will be about 800 people, members of the Queen's household past and present. Also you have Commonwealth General, Governors Generals and you have realm prime ministers. After that service, of course, there'll be the private burial at 7.30 p.m. British Summer Time here, and it will be at King George VI Memorial Chapel, which is an annex of St. George's Chapel. That will be private. That will be for the close members of the royal family. During the committal service, a key moment will be just prior to the last hymn where the crown jeweller will go and take the crown, the orb and the scepter off the queen's coffin to mark the end of her 70 year reign.
2: Tanya Breyer, thank you very much. You're seeing there the Queen Consort Camilla uh, in the back of the of the um, motorcade going toward Westminster Abbey. We have seen King Charles out of the car. Here is uh, um, Catherine and uh, and uh, along with her uh, the the royal family going now to Westminster Abbey. We did see, as I was saying, uh, King Charles and William, Harry, and the Queen's eldest grandson, Peter Phillips, uh, out of their cars there just briefly, and now some of the members of the royal family beginning to arrive at Westminster Abbey. Uh, Again, this is a morning of uh, great pomp and circumstance. Uh, We've seen President Biden and the First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, arriving. We've seen a whole parade of former prime ministers from the United Kingdom, as well as the current prime minister, Liz Truss, who was appointed by the queen just two days before the queen's passing. There you're seeing the the um, queen's granddaughters coming in with their families. Uh, and, and so this is a morning where there is, of course, very personal grief and also very public grief on the part of countries that have long maintained relations with the United Kingdom and for whom the queen was a great friend and supporter and. Who really spearheaded relationships um, going through the century, or through the decades rather, um, for generations of presidents. And, and we've seen that now. Quite a moment here as Westminster Abbey is filling and the Queen's funeral is set to begin in just a little more than 20 minutes.
3: All right, Contessa. We'll continue to monitor the developments there. The Federal Reserve, meanwhile, begins a two-day policy meeting starting tomorrow. It will announce its decision and release new economic forecasts on Wednesday, just around 2 p.m. Eastern time, followed by, of course, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's news conference, which happens at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Markets are right now pricing in an 80 percent. Yes, an 80 percent chance the Fed will hike rates by 75 basis points or three quarters of 1% for a third straight time. That's according to the Fed's or the CME Group's Fed Watch tool. Now, just months ago, investors worried the Fed was behind the curve, not fighting inflation aggressively enough, not raising interest rates high enough. But now, some fear the Fed will push the U.S. economy into a recession by tightening monetary policy too quickly. Let's bring in now Peter Bookfar, Chief Investment Officer, at Bleakley Advisory Group. He's also a CNBC contributor. Uh, Peter, at the top of this hour, at the top of the show, we spoke with Vance Howard over at you know, Howard Capital Management, and, and he expressed that concern that the Fed is going to be the one, the entity that puts us into a recession. First of all, are we in a recession right now? And second of all, if we're not in one, is the Fed going to put us there?
9: Uh, well, I think at best, the U.S. economy is flatlining, uh, even if we see modest growth in the third quarter. If you look at where third quarter GDP will end up, relative to the fourth quarter of 2021, uh, you've seen probably no growth. Now, will the Fed put us into recession? For sure, as they always do when they tighten monetary policy. And they certainly will this time when they're tightening at the most aggressive pace in 40 years in response to the highest inflation in 40 years. So it's virtually impossible to avoid a recession and an economic downturn. It's just a question of to what degree and to what degree of a slowdown will quell inflation to the extent that that would make them happy.
2: Peter, let me just interrupt just real quickly. I wanted to just point out that we are now showing the arrival of uh, Princess Kate. Now she is the Princess of Wales, along with the Queen Consort, Camilla, entering Westminster Abbey, along with the three children uh, of William and Kate as well. And here are the cortege.
3: All right. Uh, We'll continue to monitor that as we watch the proceedings continue on there at Westminster Abbey. Peter, uh, turning back now to what's happening with the Fed, you you mentioned this idea, you mentioned soft landing. It's a term that many of us, even even outside of Wall Street, kind of understand right now, this idea that the Fed is trying to engineer a soft enough economic downturn that doesn't send shockwaves and job losses and everything else through the economy. President Biden last night was on 60 Minutes telling Scott Pelley that there is context around what's happening with inflation, that it's flatlining ish right now. Is it safe to say that inflation is in the process of peaking or has peaked already? Or or do you still need to see more, Peter, on your front?
9: I I, I think it has peaked on on a rate of change basis. And on the uh, good side, uh, prices are going to be um, slowing down their increases. Uh, On the energy side, you certainly cannot say uh, confidently that we've seen the peak in energy prices. And if anything, after the recent fall in energy prices, uh, to me, they are going to at some point go back higher again. Uh, So I think on on a year over year basis, inflation is very high. It's running well above uh, wage growth. And uh, it's not going to be until next year do we see more broader uh, relief on the inflation side. We'll probably end the year this year with year-over-year CPI growth uh, of about 6 to 6.5%, which is better than what we've seen, but still rather uh, aggressive on the upside.
3: This is a tough spot, Peter, because you're saying that we still have to be hyper-vigilant on inflation, and yet we're at the same time scared that the Fed is going to do too much to send this economy into a recession by raising rates too much. So is the Fed and Fed Chair Jay Powell, are they doing the right thing by continuing this paid-of-interest rate hikes?
9: Well, n- now they're doing the right thing after not. Uh, but I think the big question after the 75 basis points that we'll get this week is, are, are they going overboard with the, with the pace of the increases? I mean, the Fed funds rate was zero in the early part of this year. And next, and, and on, thir- on Wednesday, it's going to be three to three and a quarter. Uh, that's a rather quick move in a very short period of time. And I do think while the Fed wants to get that rate maybe up to four by year end, uh, I I, I think that that is going to be very dependent on where the unemployment rate is and where CPI goes in the next couple of months.
2: Peter Bookvar, thank you very much. And these are live pictures right now. The funeral of Queen Elizabeth taking place uh, at Westminster Abbey. And there you're seeing her coffin on its journey there just getting ready to see it behind the coffin you can see clearly uh uh, harry um, behind uh, as well as uh, the queen's sons Um, the crown the orb the scepter atop her coffin as well as flowers and greenery that have been gathered from the queen's own gardens steve sedgwick is following all of the and the circumstance happening in London for us this morning. And, Steve, here we're seeing uh, the procession about to begin to Westminster Abbey.
4: Yeah, this is the shortest of three processions that we will see today. It is a very, very short walk from the um, House of Parliament, the Palace of Westminster, where you can see these live pictures from now, uh, where the Queen's coffin, with her royal standard and, of course, as you say, the sceptre and orb and the state crown, are being placed uh, upon the state gun carriage. It is a gun carriage that has been used for all monarchs, including Queen Victoria, her son Edward the Seventh, uh, her grandson George the Fifth, the Queen's father George the Sixth, and was also used uh, in Sir Winston Churchill's funeral. He had a state funeral too in 1965. So Winston Churchill, of course, was the Queen's first Prime Minister. What you are looking at are 142 members of the Royal Navy, who ever since Queen Victoria's funeral at the turn uh, of the 19th and 20th century uh, have pulled the uh, state gun carriage uh, on that journey towards the state funeral as well. Um, They will be accompanied by the pipes and drums of the Scottish and Irish Regiment. There will be detachments of the Royal Air Force, uh, of the Gurkhas, uh, and of the band of the Royal Marines uh, who will be accompanying Her Majesty's Coffin on a very short journey from the Palace of Westminster uh, to um, Westminster Abbey where they will enter the Great West Door. Um, The journey, as you can see, Uh, will be accompanied by key members of the royal family. You can just make out very clearly, actually, uh, the Duke of Sussex, uh, Prince Harry to his left. As you can see, we have the Prince of Wales, the new Prince of Wales, uh, Prince William. But ahead of them, um, Princess Anne, uh, King Charles, uh, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward as well. That procession about to leave on a very short journey uh, to the state funeral in a couple of moments' time.
2: And the tradition here of the military pulling the uh, cortege, the casket, begun when Queen Victoria's funeral happened, and apparently uh, the horses had collapsed, and so the members of the military jumped into action to pull the coffin along, and that is just a tradition that has remained. And as you say, a walk to Westminster Abbey, one of the oldest parts of Westminster. The last time we saw a state funeral here was that of Winston Churchill's more than 50 years ago and, uh, and, and now you can see the casket on the move.
3: You, you know, what's interesting, Contessa, Steve, about this whole thing as we watch what's happening here, it, it's, it's, it's the symbolism, right? You, you have the crown on top of the coffin, the orb and the scepter. And, and for, for those people who, who don't know as much about this, and I'm one of them, the orb and scepter are important here, Steve, right? Because the scepter represents the governing power of the monarch of the UK, the queen. But the orb is important because it signifies that she is the head of the Church of England. So, Steve, I I wonder if you could give us a sense right now. As Americans, we have a very delineated, very, very big separation between church and state. It is not the case in the UK. What is it like morale-wise for the UK citizenry? Because now the head of the Church of England is being laid to rest as opposed to the Queen of England.
4: Yeah, I think you make a very good point, Dom, because it affects the psyche of the whole nation. One thing that the Queen was very keen to do in her latter years was point out she was not only defender of the faith uh, and, of course, uh, as you mentioned, the de facto leader of the Church of England, but also the defender of faiths. So and one thing you will see uh, inside Westminster Abbey that there are all kinds of denominations, not only, of course, in the Church of England... Uh, but from different faiths, the Catholic Church represented, the Jewish faith as well, the Muslim faith as well, so other faiths are, are represented, and the Queen saw it very important that she was a defender not only of the faith of the Church of England, but of all of them as well, um, but again, um, as we can see now, these pictures, just with the Royal Navy Detachment uh, carrying, uh, or pulling the uh, state uh, gun carriage, as you mentioned, first used, at Victoria's funeral, the Queen Victoria's funeral uh, at the turn of the uh, 1903. Um, moving along, and you can just hear, I think, on the footage as well, perhaps uh, the bands of the uh, Scottish and Irish pipers. But yes, absolutely a huge moment. And as we, we've mentioned on programme already, very few people in this country have known any other monarch apart from Queen Elizabeth II. She reigned for 70 years and saw. Uh, Uh, Over a dozen uh, US presidents and certainly a similar number of UK prime ministers as well, uh, all of whom the living prime ministers. Steve, let me just interrupt uh, here and uh, point out that King
2: Charles is now marching behind that casket. We've just had uh, a close-up view of him and his sister, Princess Anne, walking along with Prince Andrew and Prince Edward as well, followed by uh, the new Prince of Wales. William, of course, and Harry, uh, and the Queen's eldest grandson, Peter Phillips, uh, marching behind this casket as well. Um, This pomp and circumstance, a fitting tribute to a monarch who reigned for 70 years, Britain's longest reigning monarch. Uh, And Steve, this may herald in a time of great... Questions over the future of this nation and its relationships, not only with other parts of the United Kingdom, but with the broader world, with the Commonwealth as well.
4: Yeah, and, and I think President Biden put it very well that the world was a better place, uh, Great Britain was a better place for having had. Her Majesty the Queen. I mean, you've got to just look at her magnificent, amazing life, born uh, in the 20s as well, was um, the first member uh, of the Royal Family to be on active duty in the Armed Forces, uh, very briefly at the end of the Second World War. Um, She had the opportunity uh, with the Queen Mother, Queen Elizabeth, uh, to leave these shores, perhaps to seek safety during the Blitz and during the dark times of the Second World War. Uh, But the king, her father, King George VI, wanted the family to stay close as well. Uh, And, of course, um, Great Britain, allies, the United States did prevail in those very dark times. Uh, And only a few years after the Second World War, the young princess, uh, when she was actually on vacation in Kenya, found out that her father, George VI, had passed away in 1952. In 1953, she was crowned. Queen of England, uh, and of course, thereafter uh, saw a procession of presidents on your side of the Atlantic, prime ministers, uh, starting off with Sir Winston Churchill, uh, such as Anthony Eden, Macmillan, Wilson, Heath, Margaret Thatcher. She presided over those years in the 1980s, and then, of course, some of the prime ministers who are in Westminster Abbey now. We've seen Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, uh, Theresa May, David Cameron, and of course, Boris Johnson, and the current Prime Minister, Liz Truss. And it is an extraordinary example of the strength of character of the late Queen Her Majesty that only two days before her passing she insisted she insisted on taking the resignation in person up in Balmoral of Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, and indeed um, welcoming in the new Prime Minister Liz Truss and that was her last act uh, her last public act of service as well but as you can see um, the procession moving on now you can just see Prince Harry The Duke of Sussex on the right of the picture and the Prince of Wales, uh, Prince William and King Charles to the left. Steve, stay
2: stay with us now. We're going to keep these pictures up. We do understand that uh, futures are uh, lower and we want to get caught up on the market day ahead. But we're going to keep these pictures up. Uh, while we're having the discussion.
3: All right. For more contests, let's bring in David Katz, the chief investment officer at Matrix Asset Advisors. Also, Daniel Flack, senior research analyst at Newberger Berman, specializes in a lot of things technology. Uh, David, Daniel, thank you very much for joining us as we keep these shots up of uh, what's happening with the Queen's funeral. Uh, uh, David, maybe I'll start with you from a bigger macro picture perspective. Uh, this is a time right now in the markets at a, at a crossroads, if you will. We're trying to figure out if the economy and the markets are tilting to the downside, more longer term. In your mind, what does your gut tell you? Is this, David, a situation where we can feel more comfortable about investing or are we due for that bigger downturn that we haven't seen since the depths of the COVID crisis?
10: Well, we've already seen the stock market downturn. We think the economy is slowing, but we think we're going to muddle through it. We think it's easy to get caught up in the negativity. But the important thing from an investment perspective is take a six-month time horizon, six to 12 months, And we think on that case, stocks represent very attractive opportunities right here. We think that the market's going to be a batch higher three to 12 months out. So we'd be buyers into this weakness. Don't get caught up in the negativity.
3: So, Daniel, uh, to that point here, one of the places that that has been hit the hardest, you can argue, and, and the most important from a mathematical perspective to the overall market story in America is technology, communication services, those mega cap names like Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Tesla and others. In your mind, is this a situation right now where if the Fed has to continue raising rates, that those growth type companies are just maybe doomed, if you will, to underperform for quite some time?
1: Good morning, Dom. I see a lot of opportunity, even in the face of the Fed, continuing to raise rates and obviously incremental cyclical headwinds. I'm focused on the innovation and the growth and the product cycle. So if you look at a company like Amazon as one example, they've been investing throughout the pandemic. They've become even more valuable to customers. They have a lot of growth in areas like grocery, their Amazon Web Services, their cloud business remains healthy. If you look at NVIDIA, a leader in artificial intelligence, which plays a key role in areas like drug discovery or fraud detection or, or helping to simulate climate change. And I'll round it out with. Qualcomm, a leader in 5G and the Internet of Things, it has a significant opportunity uh, in areas like the automobile industry. So pulling it all together, I think that the innovation, which will translate into better growth over the next one to two years, will help these companies create value for customers and ultimately their shareholders uh, over that time frame.
3: David, there is an immense focus right now on one key sector out there that's not technology, that's energy. And the reason why I bring it up is because we're looking at live shots in London right now at the Queen's funeral. You could argue that the UK and the rest of Europe are at a very big crossroads with regard to what their energy picture will look like. Energy has been an outperformer for some time now. Would you still be investing in energy right now, given what we are seeing across the global energy complex?
10: We would not. Short term, we think energy prices could go higher and they're a problem for the world. But we think if you take that same six to 12-month time horizon, there's a very good likelihood that energy prices will be around here or lower. And we think that the stocks which have run up in anticipation of this continuing for a while will likely be lower. So we would be taking some profits in energy, redeploying into areas of the market that have done poorly. Uh, We agree on many of the technology companies that the other guests had just mentioned. We think financials are very good. We think you can buy some select industrials. Uh, and there, we like uh, some healthcare companies, generally the uh, product companies rather than the drug
3: companies at this point. All right. And before we, Daniel, we'll give you the last word here. What's your favorite pick when it comes to your coverage universe?
1: Dom, I like Google at current levels. The cyclical headwinds are, of course, the focus, but I think core search is durable. I think over the next one to two years, YouTube is very attractive. And finally, they have the Google Cloud platform aimed at enterprise customers, which it's early, it's doing well, and there's significant opportunity. So we like Google at, or Alphabet at current levels.
3: All right. Dan Flax at Newberger Berman, thank you very much. David Katz at Matrix Asset Advisors. We appreciate it. Have a great thank day.
9: Thank you.
2: We have just now seen the coffin of Queen Elizabeth II uh, moving from the Houses of Parliament to Westminster Abbey. You're seeing it move there, followed by uh, her son, King Charles, as well as his brothers, uh, Edward and Andrew, his sister, Queen Anne, and the Prince of Wales, Prince William, Harry, Duke of Sussex, and Peter Phillips, the uh, grandson of Queen Elizabeth II. The tolling of the bells, the sound of the bagpipes, the movement of the coffin— inside heads of state from some 200 countries including president biden and dr jill biden Uh, we have we know that a million people are anticipated on the streets of london today to pay their respects and to pause on this day of mourning for the united kingdom there is a national holiday ordered in canada as well as people from the commonwealth observe this day of mourning for queen elizabeth ii We continue to follow the story and the pictures from London. Hand it over to Squawk Box now.
1: You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern, only on CNBC.
0: Life is a highway.